What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. And I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my new friend, Michael Stevens, and we had some incredible growth moments. We discussed the powerful touch of a father, the purpose of peace in your home, how to experience meaningful travel, and the power a man can obtain when he chooses to pursue growth as a father. Enjoy meeting my friend, Michael. Michael, my friend, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. It's really good to uh, to finally connect with you. Thank you, brother. I'm excited to be here, and, and I'm honored. I'm honored. Uh, this is a sacred, a sacred calling to be part of this conversation and to be part of this, to be in this position as a father. Heck yeah, man! I love the word sacred. It's truly like if 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 more dads knew that their role in in life as a dad was sacred. I mean, dude, our world would just look different. So uh, I just love that word. I love your approach to it. Um, so that people can get to know who I'm talking to here, I'm going to ask you a couple questions right out the gate. How old do you find yourself today? Well, uh, I find myself chronologically 41. And uh, I, I oscillate... Um, mentally and emotionally you know uh like a teenager yeah right <laughs> you yeah. know uh and i think that's a that's a good thing man i i definitely i am like you know i feel like a little kid you know so much and i mean that in like the most like creative way mm. you know um it's funny like as a as a dad I love I love going on trips, you know. And mm. I took uh, la- last year, just about a year ago, I took my my family on a trip to Mexico City. Okay, because I wanted to go see these like I wanted to go see these ancient pyramid cities down there, you know, yeah. around the area. And uh, I was just kind of like I just felt like a little kid, you know, as a as a dad, we get to like be kids with our kids and take them on these adventures, you know. So that's kind of how I feel age wise. I love that. How do you hold on to that? um curiosity um and excitement for life like christmas morning feeling versus just becoming uh kind of a crotchety dad yeah man that is a that is a really really good question i think that that has a lot to do with my own like like personal temperament you know mm-hmm. as well i mean i think i i think with enough pressure any anybody will anybody or anything can can break but i um i've always just from a young young age i've always had an independent soul you know mm. um and independent spirit and uh growing up i i just i didn't have i i moved to a lot of places like a lot of places as a kid and i was constantly just moving from school to school and i didn't have a lot of close relationships growing up so I spent a lot of time with myself in my head and and as I became an adult, you know, you don't really you don't necessarily outgrow these things. You know, yeah. you kind of grow into more of who you are. And so I've always just been kind of a I've been kind of kind of a loner in in the sense that like I've just kind of I've stayed inside a lot um with my thoughts and and creativity and 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 now as a as a 41 year old um you know more of that's coming out into my life now you know it's more of it's like being expressed but that has a lot to do with um just with my my sense of like just interest in like you know there's i definitely feel like there's a treasure in everything if you mm. if you have the eyes to see you know and maybe yeah. and maybe it's it maybe also it's like it's that important to me that I have a good time as much as I can, that I'm just like going to look for something that's like 
beautiful in this, you know? Mm, that's good. But it seems like, and, and I'll move to a couple more questions, but it seems like it's not really coming from a place of like uh, addiction to fun or FOMO, like fear of missing out on things. It seems like it's from a more genuine place. Would you agree that most of the time it is? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I mean, even though I've definitely done some crazy things just to get my kicks, you know? Um, but I, I think seeking meaning is like really important to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Qualities of experience. Like, like, is this going to help? Is this going to improve the quality or my, my quality of life, my children's quality of life? Like that fires me up. Mm, that's good. Versus just being entertained, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting because I could find myself, you know, I remember one time, uh, not too long ago, my son, so it's cool. So we actually went on a mission trip from this, from kind of this point. Um, but my son was like, I was realizing as soon as the fun stopped, he was like, I'm bored. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, bro? Like, dude, your life is epic. And I realized that I created that because I'm always like, I'm, I mean, dude, since I was probably 12, 13 and had a BMX bike and could go out, I'm like, dude, let's just have fun all the time. So I have pretty yeah. high expectations. So I would say sometimes it's, it's not always just as genuine. It's just like, dude, I don't want to miss out. I want to maximize every day. But then I was realizing I was kind of creating bad habit for my son in that he was just expecting there to be fun all the time. And if seriously, five minutes went by, he wasn't having fun, but I could be the yeah. same way. Um, so leaning into the genuine piece of it, um, I think is important. So yeah, that kind of led, there was a couple of things that happened in our life at that time. Um, also my kids just, I think not realizing how good they had it, that led us to a mission trip, which, which was really helpful. Uh, we we went to Mexico. We just went down to Tecate in between, um, like by Tijuana, um, last summer, um, <clears throat> to an orphanage, and it was epic, bro. It was definitely a life transformation. I like to do it more often. Was that the first time? No. So I in I have been to on maybe five mission trips in my life or so. Um, so I had been, but my children had not. So, bro, back to you, and maybe more of that stuff will come up because I have a couple notes from it. Um, how many years you've been married? We have been married for 16 years. Nice. And nice. together for 21. We're in our 21st year. Dude, being good together. for you. And how many kiddos do you have? I have, we have two. And I how old two. are they? I have a 10 year old son named Maximus, and I have a 12 year old daughter named Micaiah. Okay. Love it. Love it. And then where do you guys live as a family? We live in Auburn, California. Nice. So, Northern California, uh, yeah, so, in between Sacramento yeah, and Tahoe. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're like, we're about 30 miles east of Sac. If you're going towards Lake Tahoe up in the foothills, yep. I know you know the area. Yep. Yeah. Cool, man. And then what do you do for a living to provide for the family? Yeah. I own a business, uh, a gym. It's called the Hero Journey. And uh, it's a, I just actually opened this up uh, maybe three months ago, it was our grand opening. But uh, it's a fusion of boxing yoga and breath work in a 45 minute workout and it's just it's it's definitely i mean it's it's a brand new fitness concept it's deep it's deep and the and and it's really come out of it's come out of like my own personal journey uh background with boxing but also like opening up to more of the subtle uh softer you can even call spiritual undertones of life and um and and just integrating uh some of that hostile energy in my in that was in my body mm. into something that's more harmonious and something that I can actually use to like move my life forward versus just like keeping me um keeping me closed off from people or keeping me from expressing myself. And so like I said, you know, being 41, you know, it's taken a lot of it's taken time for me to mature enough to be in this place now, you know. But um I, I put a lot of time into boxing uh since my, my first my first started competing was 2006 2007 and um my last my last fight was 2014 okay but i i put a lot of time in the boxing gym it's like i'm not turning i'm not boxing for a living and i have a lot of skill in it but it's like how am i going to use all of this mm. for something that's like productive and so i'm kind of grateful that the universe is like this is how you're going to do it michael yeah 
Yeah. Like I'm super like it makes me very happy that there's some kind of peaceful resolution with with boxing. Dude, that's awesome. And how cool to incorporate it in your style. Um, and then are you doing stuff just out of curiosity for adults and kids to start to cultivate the kind of breathing breathing idea in in that younger generation? Yes. Yeah. Uh so I take kids as young as 10. Nice. So right now, uh, we like we just opened up. So we have about 50 members. Rad. A little over 50, but we about six, six or seven, seven of them are uh, are young people. So all this is like 14 of the young people. And I've noticed that like a, a lot of moms, this is moms like, hey, I need to get my kid in here. You know, mm. I, want, I need to get my kid in here. And uh, I think that's interesting. Like, I don't know if you I don't know if you notice this in your circles, but I noticed a lot of moms who are starving for positive male role model examples in their kids life especially their sons yeah and uh, that that has definitely been something that it's a need that i see and you know that's a whole the reason why that needs that and that's a whole other conversation but that is something that's like very real mm -hmm. that i that, that's been head on so so yeah kids are kids are involved I love that. I guess that. That's the most important thing. You know, there's that, there's a, a Frederick Douglass quote and he's like, it's easier to raise whole children than to put together broken men. Mm. I've never forgotten that. Yeah. I See, think that's I'm, powerful. I'm and I wonder, you know, just because like, obviously you, you like look the part, right? So, um, one, you looked apart for, I think teens, especially boys to come in and, and have an admiration to you. But I would also say that you have the look and feel that if you can open, find a way to connect with dads and have a dad class or whatever, like if I could teach a dad how to be a dad, which is really important to me and the work I'm doing is he's going to, you're going to spend, you know, maybe three hours a week with his kid where he's going to spend, you know, every waking breakfast and dinner with his kid and if that dude could see who he is and get called into his role, I mean, dude, life transformational. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, but but powerful stuff. So when you think about being a dad, Michael, when did you embrace fatherhood? So you're 41, your oldest is um, 12, so you are around 29, 30, kind of like breaking into this next decade of your life, and you became a dad. You know, there's this moment you hear, you're going to be a dad. And then you hold the baby for the first time and then it smiles at you and then you play with it. So at like what point in that couple year window of becoming a father, did you really embrace it and go like, this matters. I need to show up well for this kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, that's a great question. Cause those who aren't dads, they know that just cause you have a baby, you have a baby in your hand. It doesn't mean like you're like, <laughs> exactly right like it's not yeah sometimes it takes a minute so my daughter man my daughter micaiah i remember she was born and um and i was so happy to see her it was, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life but i remember a moment I had, maybe it was like somewhere between two weeks and a month after she was born and i was home with her and i was holding her in my hands and i'll never forget it was like my heart doubled in size. Mm -hmm. it, it just, there was a moment, it just, boom, it opened up. And it, it's like, it's like this phenomenon, you know? And my heart just blasted open for her. And that was, that was the moment. I just, I fell in love with her, like in that moment, you know? Like, so I. So she was a couple of weeks old or a couple months old? Yeah, uh, it was between two weeks and a month. It was around a okay. month. I would just say around a month, but like, yeah, and, and it just exploded, you know. And there was like, what caused that? A, what? What caused that? You know, I don't know. You know that that's one of those things that it's, it's yeah. it was it was almost innate. Yeah. You know, like there's like no answer for the question. Yeah. Well, shoot, man. How many like how many people out there have kids that that never happens? You know, like, you know, and, I, and I'm grateful that it did, you know, but I remember that moment, you know, and um, she caused that, you know, mm -hmm. she's. Yeah. 
It's like, do you think what level were you present, right? So there's like, hey, will you hold the baby for a minute? And then there's like me holding the baby, not thinking about when this is going to be over, not thinking about where I got to be, not thinking about all the things that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, my sense is that in that moment, you know, two weeks to a month, a little bit of the crazy, scary, like, am I going to drop or do, am I doing it right or whatever? Like that's kind of gone. And so maybe it's just this moment of just total presence. Yeah. Well, the, the, the background around that time, when, when she was born, I had my, my wrist, uh, this is 2010. So I'd broken my wrist. And Mm. so uh, I, I was, I was home. I spent a lot of time with my daughter, uh, because I was, I was home. I wasn't working. So we spent a lot of time together, you know? Um, and yeah, there, you know, I, being a it scared the crap out of me like changing diapers like you know like yeah am i gonna drop her what yeah. if i can't what if i can't comfort her those kind of things it scared the heck out of me but it, i just remember this moment it was it was just it was significant you know and i can't tell you why or how it, it's almost like when you put a seed in the ground and you, you get water, you give it, you know, you, you, you give it the right soil, the right nutrients is out in the sun and, and that seed just goes boom. And I don't know when or what caused it to go, you know, to, to blast open on Tuesday and not Thursday, but man, that was what it was like in my heart. Hmm. And that was Dude, the moment I'm like, yeah. New dads need to hear this. Um, this concept of spending time together even as a baby, right? Because it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm just supposed to sit here and hold hold the baby. Like it seems, it doesn't seem like I'm doing work, right? And I think as men, we want to feel like accomplished, like I'm doing work and like holding a baby, feeding a baby seems like a woman's job. Seems like that's what you were made for. But the miss is like, you're spending time together. And so if I say, I really want to spend time with her when she's 10 or when she's 20, I want her to want to come home. Or when she's 30, I want her to want to bring her family back here. I think that it's the time you spend even when she's a month old, when she's six months old. You're spending time the same way. And then that's going to make your conversation with her easier when she's 10 and 12 and 15. Because it's just there's this connection, bro. It's about connection. You created that by spending time with her. Yeah, here I am. Dude. When you, when you say that, it's like, like as, as, as guys are like, hey, yeah, we want to get something done. We want to have like this goal reached. Yeah. But we forget about the process and that connection is the process. Yeah, that constant connection. It's like keeping that connection through through all the ages. Um, yeah, this word connection has been really, I've been like stuck on it lately in a good way. Um, so it's like connection through the seasons and the the later seasons dude you think when you're a young dad you think dude it's gonna be way easier when he's 13 and i can like hang it's like dude no way me and my son are button heads certain times i i i don't always show up that great because i'm also learning how to live life um so it's through the seasons okay love it so here's a question for you what have you learned about yourself in being a dad? So you've hit some stages. You're about to step into some new stages. Um, what are some things that you've learned about yourself through being a father? Everything matters. What do you everything mean by everything do, matters? Everything I do and everything I don't do matters. Um, yeah, like my kids do. They don't do what I tell them. They do what I do. And, and I can't hide from, like, I can't hide from them. Yeah. That like, that's like one of those as a dad, like that's one of the most humbling experiences um, that I have, that I, that I have experienced. It's, it's that I, they see, they see everything, you know, Mm -hmm. they watch me, they study me. I, I, I see aspects of their personality popping up things I don't like. And it's like, oh, and also like you can't be a good like you can't be a good dad and without being a good husband if you're in a marriage. Yep. That that's another thing. Like and what I what I mean by a good husband is like you can't be a good like you you can you can play all the catch you want and pick them up from school, but if they don't see you in a harmonious relationship with your spouse 
then like then like that is just as big as any other area you know creating yeah. that creating that harmony my son sees oh this is how you treat this is how you're supposed to treat a woman my you know you know my daughter oh this is how a man's supposed to treat you like you know there's no um there's no getting away from how you do anything is how you do everything you know i'm just trying yeah. to put i'm not put these ideas into words but that is something that is just it's beautiful and it's also terrifying and it's ugly, you know, it's all these things and it's just real. So, you know? so with that in mind, cause I, I resonate with what you're saying. And I think that sometimes we just fall into discipline. We fall into like, I'm just going to show up for this family, but we're not taking care of ourselves. So, so what I'm hearing you say is, is everything you do matters. Um, show up for your wife. Well, show up for your kids. Well, but I think there's this step some guys miss, which is, you need to continue to learn and grow and challenge yourself. Otherwise it doesn't really matter. So talk to me about that for a minute. Um, you, you clearly like invest in yourself and, and are growth minded, but there's this balance of thinking, well, I can't put myself first. I got to put everybody else first. So what are your thoughts on that balance or there's no such thing as balance, but making sure that you are in tune and taken care of so that you can also show up for others. Yeah, that's a that's a great question and uh that's an important topic. You can't give what you don't have. And uh you know if if you don't have vitality, you can't give vitality. If you don't have peace within mm-hmm. you, you you can't give it, you know. Um Hey, let's just stick on just those two for a minute. Right? Cuz we we could yeah. talk about so much. Talk to me about you can't give vitality if you don't have it and you can't give peace if you don't have it. I mean, Right yeah. there, if dudes walk away from this with just those two concepts, and if I just went off and just focused on creating peace in my heart and then in my family's heart, like my family legacy would be legit, right? So we yes. don't have, and that's one thing too, is like, man, how many podcasts are we listening to a week? How many books are we reading a week? And we're trying to implement a thousand things, none of them well. So let's just talk about those for a few minutes. What do those mean to you? And maybe what's a way that you work on those in yourself so that you can show up well for your family? Yeah. So you, earlier you talked about, um, you know, like, you know, like that, that kid curiosity in me that I have, right? Remembering those things that we did when we were kids because that kid is still alive in us. Mm-hmm. And when we pursue those things that light us up on an innate level, it gives us energy back. Mm-hmm. That's, that's vitality. So mm-hmm. like a lot, we put our focus in things, right. That don't give anything back. Right. And so when we start to put focus in, that's why like going down to the pyramids, like, like going out, like playing like a kid, like I need, yeah. like I need to do that because it fires me up. You know, I need to, I need to go on like full moon walks with the family and, you know, like just, uh, yeah, like I need to do that because it, it's, it, it's what gives the vitality back. And so when I don't do those things on a regular basis, when I forget about that, when I, when I don't go out and just do the things that I'm really passionate about, um, even, even another thing that fire that gives me vitality is growth. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the sense of knowing that you're growing on a deep personal level gives me energy back because it, it, it gives me something to give. Uh, so, so I think it's huge that as, as fathers, as men, we need to I first identify what fires us up and we need to incorporate those things in our life, our ritual, yeah. because our kids are going to see that, oh, that's important. You know, right. and yeah, when when we don't, when we just dump it all out, dump the whole cup out for something that doesn't bring any meaning back to our life, you lose and everybody else loses. Um, and then when I talk about peace, when I mean peace. So I'm, can I pause I'm, you for a second yeah, and then talk yeah. about peace? I think this is huge. How many of us dads want our teenager to care or even like our our, our fifth grade to, you know, like when they stop caring? right? Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Like, I just wish you'd care about the sport. I wish you'd care about school. I wish you'd care about that. I'm asking you to clean your room. I wish you'd care. But do they see us caring about anything more than just bitching and complaining at them about what we want them to do? They see us bitch about our job. 
They might see us complain about our spouse and our marriage. They might see us complain about the neighbor. Like what's coming out of your mouth as a dad? I mean, are you complaining about politics? Are you complaining about like, oh my gosh, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it alive or is it dead and toxic? Because if it is that you don't care, your kids aren't going to care about making their bed. They're not going to care about anything that you want them to care about because they don't see you caring about anything. Dude, that's hey, legit. Might well, <laughs> you might as well just drop that mic on the ground right now. Uh, but it's a challenge to me too, obviously, right? I'm, I feel it in me. It's like, dude, what do they see me care about? That matters. Like going back to what you said a minute ago, that gives something back to me that gives me vitality, not something that just causes me to be more, I don't know, negative or even comfortable. Uh, okay, go to the piece. Yeah. Peace, peace is about reconciliation. It's about mm. being able to integrate the parts of ourselves our past the 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 parts of ourselves that we may not be excited about showing others especially that we love um uh, you, you had mentioned in one of your talks like when you blew up on your son you know and it's like whoa okay like that that peace comes through contending sides reconciling with one another and I'm not sure if you're a Jordan Peterson um, fan, but like there, I think I thought he articulated this perfectly. He's like, you can't be a good man unless you, unless you have the capability of being a monster. Mm. And uh, you know, and so it's like understanding that part of yourself that, that yes, that it does exist, but also understanding there is another part of you that exists as well. And you can choose and having the power to choose, you know, sovereignty, like what, what personal sovereignty is, is like, it comes through the, the you have the power, the options and the power to make the free choice of, of free will into the man that you choose to show up as in the presence of whatever possibilities there are, you know? And that's what I mean by peace is just like being able to come forth in a harmonious relationship mm. with with who you know yourself to be dude i think it's kind of clicking for me right now i think what i have sought so much to create peace in my home is to control everything right like if my room could be clean my office could be clean the side yard is clean the trash is out we took everything to the dump this closet was organized right so i like pursue this controlling of if it could just all get complete, then we'd feel peace. What you're saying is it's like peace is the reconciliation inside of inside of the mess, inside of the chaos. Like this is, yes, always going to be here. There's always going to be weeds growing in the garden. Just always is. So it doesn't mean you don't pause and pick them up, but, but to control. And that's where I've missed it a lot of times is like I'm trying to control creating peace versus taking a breath inside the mess and then my family looking at me and being like, dude, shit's messy right now. But dad, the captain of the ship, isn't scared of the waves. He's he's peaceful. Cool. I could be peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. Um, whether it's like, you know, somebody dropped a dish and it broke or we just found out that you know, something bad's happening in the family, you know, like both scenarios, be that guy. So since we're talking about peace and I just really don't want to miss it, I would love if you could give a, you know, three to five minute, your story. And then the moment that you had with your father, I think that one, it'll light people up to go, Whoa, I would not have expected that this was this guy's story. And then to the power that like a story has for us to know the power we have in our hand. Um, I think that men need to know the power they have in their hand. And I think that this story will really help them understand that. Yeah. 
Well, I was uh, I was born in Spokane, Washington, 1982, and uh, my earliest memories uh, were I don't rem I don't remember my parents like together. They were they they were separated at a young age. I do have memories of my mom being around uh, when I was younger, but I don't ever like I don't have memories between like seeing them together. You mm. know, and it. it and I think they, they separated when I was like three or four. Um, but my childhood was, my childhood, was, it was my childhood. As I look back, I'm like, oh, you know, it's the only one I have. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, so there's a part of me that's like, I'm going to talk about experientially. There's another part of me that I'm going to look back objectively and go, Shh, right. Um, but I was, I was raised with my father um, until I was nine. And my dad, just big old six six foot six skin is black as midnight you know just force and I just I mean he I loved him man he was a giant he had a you know he had a just he was a very outgoing personality he was, he was bigger than life and he was he was my dad um and uh gosh man I just you know as I I, I miss him you know but mm. he's all on the other hand, my dad was a drug dealer and there was a lot of times that I was, I spent a lot of time alone. Mm. Like I, I was, I, I spent a lot of time by myself alone. Uh, we didn't do a lot of things together. Uh, when we went out to eat, you know, he'd leave me at the table and go up at the bar and talk to everybody up there and then come back when he ate. And so I had these like, you know, these kind of memories um, with him, like, you know, like I remember him, but the time together, like the actual those times together um i i don't have many memories but there was one time i remember when my dad was on the couch and he's like hey come over here lay with, come over here with daddy and uh i must have been like six or seven or something like that and i just laid in his arms mm -hmm. and i wasn't going to sleep but he was like you know um and i had those those memories you know like those yeah. little sweet moments in it all but when i was nine um my dad my dad got arrested and um he ended up going to prison and i i didn't really understand i didn't i didn't really understand what was going on i remember i came home one day from school the house was completely trash because the um you know the 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 police or the went through and were ripping through looking for drugs it was yeah. drugs and looking for drugs and tore the house up and i remember i didn't see my dad for like two weeks and then he came out and then he came home and and then my mom she had she had lived in alabama and she came up, she drove up from Alabama and it was late summer and she picked me and my sister up and um, we, we drove from Washington to, to Alabama. And one of the things that stand out to me is when we were, we were driving out of the driveway and my dad like was standing there and he had this look in his eyes that I'd never seen before. Mm. It was like this sad, sad look, like it was just sad. He was looking at me and I just said, you know, I was, just, I was a kid and I just didn't, I didn't have the awareness of what was really going on. And uh, so we drove down to, to Alabama from Washington state. And that was a trip, man. That was, um, that was a that was a trip that was that was a hard time because i i went into fourth grade my whatever life i knew whatever friends i had just get the towel just ripped out from under it's done yeah to a new school a new family i'd never lived with my mom um had a stepdad um who was a severe alcoholic and um that was the first time that i had really experienced uh any any like racially charged attention towards mm. me and, and it was interesting because like like down in alabama it was like i would i was getting made fun of because i was too light or too dark mm. you know like like i was getting called inward by certain people and i was getting called you know high yellow by other people that looked like my 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 like both my parents and it, and i it was and it happened fast and it was quick and man like i didn't have like the the I, the like that trust with my mom and my stepdad because i didn't know them yeah well. like I, not as well as my as my dad tell us yeah. mine so it created it in, instantly just went inside like i just you know just went inside i was bully bait because i you know i didn't have the um 
I didn't have the, the like the self, uh, the self-esteem and the self-worth to go and say, no, this is not, I'm not accepting this. Like, you know, I was the kind of kid, you, you bully me and I wouldn't like tell the teacher, wouldn't tell my yeah. mom, you know? So that was like the, 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 the kind of the catalyst of like holding things in as I, as I developed, as I grew up, I ended up moving from, from Alabama to Northern Wisconsin to Northern Idaho. Yeah. Right. So here's this, like, here's this, you know, yeah. Right. So here's a young, this, this young black kid, like growing up in like rural America, you know, and by the way, some of the most beautiful, I've seen some of the most beautiful, like scenery. I mean, some of the yeah. best fishing I ever had was yeah. as a kid, um, but man, socially, oh, that was rough. So here I am, man, like I'm a, my dad gets out of prison when I'm, when I'm 14. And so I'm, I'm ready to get back to Spokane and I get my life back to where, you know, where I, where I thought it was. And, you know, the reality was, it was like, no, my dad doesn't have a house, nothing. He's in like halfway homes and stuff. And, you know, this little naive kid has these expectations of like life, just going back to what he felt he lost. And so uh, then I started, I reached puberty. Uh, I was bigger and stronger than a lot of the kids uh, that were my age. And that was when I just started like imposing my will my aggression mm. taking out on people getting in fights um just but a lot was just acting out because i wanted to get my dad's attention if i want to yeah. be honest with you yeah. just wanted his attention look at me look how strong i am look up like i didn't have a like i didn't have like a family that was like celebrating my victories mm-hmm. like there was no like hey what's up like great job on your on your on your uh spelling quiz like there was no celebration for for that yeah. the only yeah the only attention I really mm. got was, was a negative reinforcement. And so here I am trying to like show off to my dad by like, you know, look at this kid I punched. So like, <laughs> yeah. You see how good that punch was, Mac took him right out, dad. Like it was just terrible. Right. But, but, but one of the stories that sticks out to me the most is I was in eighth grade. I was 14 or 15 and I was in, uh, I was in, in school suspension. And my dad picked me up uh, at the end of the day, and um, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a positive, nothing special out of the ordinary. It wasn't a positive time, but my dad picked me up, and we were walking out of the gym, and uh, he put his hand on my shoulder, mm. and um, I'll never forget that man. Like it, it, I felt so validated, you know. Like he touched me, man. It just stiffened me right up. I felt like the most acknowledged and powerful invincible in that moment you know never forget that and uh, that is one of the most powerful experiences that i've ever had with my dad and Mm. he didn't he didn't he wasn't he wasn't there all the time man he wasn't the best example he wasn't I didn't, you know, he wasn't open emotionally with me. He didn't show me a lot of things that are like that, that I'm going to show my kids. Right. I think a dad should show his son, but I'll tell you what, he showed me his power. He showed me the, how powerful and how influential it is to be a father. And I've yes. never forgotten. Yes. And I'm so grateful for that because now I know that even at the very bottom of the, of the, of the, of the bucket, I still have that power. So how much more can I have by, yes. by, by going out of my way to pour my heart and pour my my knowledge, my wisdoms, my my mistakes I'm learning from into my children? And that right there is like one of the biggest confidence boosters because, man, my dad was not a good father, but he was my dad, and I freaking mm. love him. And I and 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 I refuse to let. I, I refuse to look at our relationship as an excuse to make me a victim of not being able to take everything I've learned and turn it into that positive through through free will. Yeah, as a sovereign man. Mm. Man, so powerful, and thank you for sharing. Uh, and this idea that that power is inside each one of us as a dad. And and as much as I wish your story was you had a great dad, I think. A key takeaway right here is in one sentence, you're like, my dad wasn't a good dad or my dad wasn't a good father. But in light of that, the power he had to still have positive impact on me 
to place his hand on my shoulder in and let's go to his head right now. He didn't feel like a great dad. Probably he didn't feel like he, he probably felt lost and not to know how to show up, but, but he reaches out. So like, imagine this broken man reaching out in like maybe a last ditch effort. Like he's like, what am I going to say to my son? I was just in prison for five years. Like, what am I going to say? But the power of him to put his hand on you and what that did for you. And I think for dads listening right now, to one, acknowledge that you have power. Two, to not let your insecurities hold you back from taking action, right? Like putting your hand on your kid's shoulder. Um, I mean, dude, this is this is where the work is done. The work is done through just having faith in the reality that there's a power inside of you as a father. And and when I say power, it's like an influence in your child's life that nobody else will ever have. So use that power, you know, take action in that power, even when you don't feel like you have it all figured out. Cause reality is, is you won't, I won't <laughs> have it all figured out. Any other insights from that? I know I talked for a minute after, but, but, you know, I'm going to move to a couple more questions, but any other insights from that um, as I, you know, as you kind of finish your story? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I told you my son's 10. Mm. And uh, logically, right, we can look at we can look at our life through logic. And go, yeah, well, there's no reason why I'm going to go to prison. There's no reason why, like, something's going to happen to me before, like, you know. But emotionally, that's a whole nother monster. That's a whole nother. Our emotional memory is a lot different, you know, that deep stuff. And, man, when I went down to Mexico with my son, like, one of the biggest motivators of that was, like, you know, my dad, like, my dad left when I was, when I was, when I was nine and yeah. pretty much like my life kind of went to hell, you know, um, went to hell. And by the way, like when my dad, my dad got out four years later, he was dead. It's like, boom. Right. When I was 19. So it was like, Oh wow. Man, that, like that, but that nine-year-old, that was the end of my childhood. That was the end of a lot of things, you know? And so I had like this emotional baggage of like, something's going to happen to me and it's going to repeat it. They're going to be repeated in my, in my own life. Right. And then like when my son turned 10, it brought so much crap up, man. It brought mm. so much emotional stuff that I didn't even know was in there. And, uh, you know, it says, as I being a father, it's like, I don't, most of the stuff that I'm doing, I, I I haven't learned from somebody else's example. It's like go stepping into the unknown. It's like stepping into this dark place and having having faith in in the light of my heart. But there's like it's like stepping into this. There's no like, hey man, how you doing? How you doing? Like, oh, do this. It's like okay, I I've, I was I've been taught a lot uh, about what not to do versus what to actually do. Um, but there's a difference between just trying to get away from hell and actually going towards something that you would would consider close to heaven mm -hmm. you know and so i i use that that compass of saying like well what do i actually want what do i want like what do i actually want and what does it feel like and like let's go towards that you know and so those are i think there's a lot of there's a lot of men out there to have, that are probably very similar they haven't had that example so it's like well what do you do you know what not to do but you can only run away from hell for so long it's not the same destination as running towards what you want you know and yes so, yes so yeah, that, that insight is like that insight you gotta look in mm. you, gotta go deep, you gotta go deeper into who you are and that requires reconciling and making that peace with whoever you think you have been and all that stuff, because I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have to include that stuff in your life to move forward. You're going to have to figure out, figure out a way to include all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't like 
include the monster, include the dragons. You're going to have to include all that to move forward. And that's real. And in some ways, you have to learn how to overcome it. So talk to me. Some ways you overcome it. Some ways it shapes who you are. Some of it makes can even shape the positive parts of how you show up. Um, but but I love don't run away from those things that you hate or that you don't want to be, because then you just get consumed almost with them. Figure out what it is you do want and go towards that. I mean, what more healthy approach, right? And I think that's why, like, if you look at Christianity as a mainstream faith for us, and and I'm I'm a Christian, is that a lot of the turnoff is that we've talked so much about what not to do, right? So you just have hell in sight, right? Because you just like, I just got hell in sight versus like, what is it? Who am I? How how would I start operating out of who I am instead of operating out of this? miss the mark false identity that I find myself wrestling with. I, I don't want to wrestle with that guy anymore. I just want to go be who I am meant to be. Yeah. Like are, are, are you running away from hell or are you seeking God? Like, are you, are you, are you going two different things? Or two different things. Yeah. When I think about seeking God, I think about seeking the version of Ned that he was designed to be not this, like on the outside, this is what you see you're supposed to see, but this internal, how do I feel about me? Right. How do I feel about me? Uh, cause if I don't have peace about me, I can't have peace with anybody. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, we, we could probably talk for like three hours. So, um, I want to jump into a couple, couple thoughts. Um, all right. I don't want to miss this. So the podcast is fatherhood field notes. The mantras rebel and create, What's something that you're rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? Yeah. Rebelling against society's boxes that there's a huge, um, there's a lot of energy to put us in a box and I'm rebelling against an identity that is not my own. And the rebellion, the act of rebellion to rebel against that is to have the courage to look into my own innate heart and see and feel and experience who I am and bring that out into the world to bring that out into the world to the re- the rebellion is to go towards who I know myself to be instead of just trying to get away of all the fear of who I don't want to be and all those failures. Mm, so it almost comes in line with what we were talking about with the heaven and hell. Yes. But, all, but, 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 you know, also it's, uh, We have a we have an innate power to create, and creativity comes from. It comes through a state when we when 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 there's enough neurological safety, uh, for us to you know blood flow into the cortex, and we are in the state of like hey like you know we're not running we're not freaked out, and I mm. believe that, I believe that getting into those states that we can create it requires us to go after and pursue the things that give us energy back we have to know we have to know what that is we have to know what fires us up and we have to Mm. go towards those otherwise we're never going to we're going to be stuck in survival mode and we'll never be in that that moment we go oh man this is what's important this is this is what i really want to create creativity is not something you can do when you're running from a bear or when you're um, just running just to put one fire out, there's, it's just not going to happen. And the rebellion is is like finding that peace within you. Your versus just eating the scraps of what society puts on the plate, telling you what peace is supposed to be for you. Mm. I love 
what it is that you're rebelling against. And I wonder, you know, as men are listening to this, for men to to really just go carve out some time to think about when did you lose your fire? Did you even have the fire? Did you ever find it? And if you didn't, like for the sake of your son, for the sake of your daughter, like maybe you're like, hey, I'm okay. I'm content with my whatever job. I'm okay with my whatever, whatever. But do you want your son to feel that way when he's 41? Do you want your daughter to be married to a guy who feels that way about himself when she's 41? And the answer is no. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast straight up, no, you, you're you searching for, for, for figuring out what it means to be a dad. And I think what Michael's sharing here is a huge component to being a dad is, and, and your family could be that fire, right? Like loving, serving experiences. I mean, I love the meaningful travel that you're all about. Um, But again, it goes back to us rapping before about what do you care about? If your family doesn't see you caring about anything, they're not going to either. They're going to have that slow death as well. Um. And if you want peace, real peace, man, this is so good, Michael. It's not about continuing to run from all the crap that's not working for you, the hell, right? It's just pausing and go, wait a second, what do I want? I want to go on a trip to Mexico. Put it on the freaking calendar. Dude, I swear by the calendar. If I put it on the calendar, it's going to happen. You know, like, what do you want? Make it happen. You have that ability to create, right? That's what we're talking about. I mean, we are creators. Um yes. Ah, dude, this is so good. Okay. Um, Before I ask my last question, just as we're coming up close to our time here, is there anything that we didn't touch on that as we're thinking, I mean, obviously we could talk a whole nother hour, but is there anything we didn't touch on that you are just like, it's just in your soul right now that it's, it would be important to bring up. Uh, You know, I, I think, I think you nailed it when you so we talk about providers and um and this is what i mean by rebelling against these these titles that society gives like men a man's a provider like yeah so he's supposed to just make money and provide and provide all this like structure all this you know whatever but you had mentioned no 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 man man we as a provider man we protect i mean protectors we protect our family's hearts yes oh and like whoa like see that's a that's a real see. That's a that's a softness right there. That's not like that. That there's the rain and there's the weather outside, but like no, like there's a tenderness involved that we're here to protect the content of your heart, the delicacy, man. Because I'll tell you, it is easy to clip our kids' wings, man, so they can't fly. And mm. I'll never like you know like yeah. And so I, that right there, I just we get it's so easy to get caught in the force like in 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 the mm. force mm. and but when we get stuck in force we get away from our power and i think there's a difference between the two and, I, and when you talk about being able to protect our children's hearts that's when we step into our power as fathers and that force is not something that's needed there we get stuck in force uh, it's like, and and I would just, for, for me, force, I love the word, but to bring it back or to connect it to what we we're talking about earlier is the control, right? When I find myself, Ned, falling into control, one, I'm not using my power appropriately, right? I'm using it forcefully in a way that's not creating tenderness. It's getting my family. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's clipping their wings. Just sit this way in this cage, do this, right? Because this makes me feel like things are going the way they're supposed to. Uh, Whereas if I use my power correctly, it's like a flow. It's like, it's, it's, we're a river flowing with all the rocks, with all this debris, with all the stuff. Um, Yeah. Like when you think about nature, like, you know, there's nothing more masculine than a mountain. mm. Just, just endures. It just, it just endures. That's what it does. Doesn't need to like tell the storm that it's a mountain. Mm-hmm. Like it just is, and like you know, the, those are the things that I that I. Those are those are the attributes that I strive for, is to be able to 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 be able to to be able to sit and and hold 
more space and peace mm-hmm. in the th- in the storms. Yes. You know, to be more of a human being than a human doing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm. so good, Michael. That's, that, that's it, man. Dude, so so much gold, so much gold. Such great connection with you. Um, this conversation has just been so life-giving to me. Um, I'm going to ask you my last question, and it's a legacy question. We talked a bit about your kids at 40. Imagine your kids at 40, where you are today. Imagine you're standing outside your house looking in, and you're looking at your kids' lives, their marriages, their relationships with their kids. You know What what, what does that look like to you? And it puts a huge smile on your face, and you're like, ah. Yeah, the hard work I did, I see being played out inside there. What do you see? Yeah. I see. I see love. I see intimate connection between my kids. When I say intimate, I mean open and there's no yeah. hiding between the human beings that they are i see choosing to work with each other understanding the the advantage that that, that gives i see their children eating together at dinner tables and creating family traditions whether it's meals, whether it's certain certain celebrations that that are that go beyond um, Christmas and Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but but their own personal values as a family, I see present people who are emotionally healthy enough to hold space for each other as people are breaking down around them. I see them being an anchor. I see. I see whole people treating others kind because they are whole enough to treat others kind around them. And uh, as a legacy, I see people having a direct connection to their heart space mm, and, and using and using their heart and their logic together in harmony in making important life decisions that would make that makes that makes my soul happy because i know that innately if they have it dialed in if there's if there's if there's coherence innately in the family and the individuals, all the decisions are going to be the healthiest. They're going to be able to process whatever life information is going to come at them. They're going to be able to make whatever living they need to make, but it's going to be based on what they create versus what the world says. This is what you should do. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow. Let's just sit with that. Michael, Thank you for the way that you showed up today. Thank you for the way I know that you strive to show up every day for your marriage, for your kids, for your clients, uh, for anybody that that the day might put across your path. Continue to pursue that heart, right? That heart that is inside of you and and uh, run towards heaven and don't struggle with the hell. Uh, I appreciate your approach to life. Appreciate this conversation. Feel deeply connected to you and and very full of life from it. So, thank you, and I look forward to staying connected to you. That's why thank you so much, Ned. And uh, man, just wishing you and your family blessings and win wisdom, discernment, and health and vitality and creativity and yes, all that good stuff, man. Love Power. it. Power. Love it, man. Until next time, all right, brother. Thank you. All my friends, what an incredible conversation that Michael and I had. Thank you for joining us. Really what stuck out to me, uh, several things, but especially our conversation around what do you care about as a man and that fire inside of you? Are you pursuing something you care about and your kids won't care about something 
uh, anything really unless they see you having a love for life, that vitality and peace. Such a beautiful conversation. Uh, my friends, you are already making massive change to your legacy and family tree by investing in yourself as a father. Really, thank you for being here. As you know, many men stumble into their role as fathers and our society is in serious, desperate need of fathers who know who they are and are engaged in their homes. I started the Adventure of Fatherhood. Go check it out, adventurefatherhood.com. Uh, really is based around a gift box and the gift box is uh, for new dad or young dad and it is built around a children's book, The Adventure of Fatherhood. We have the boy uh, father, father-son version now and the uh, father-daughter one on its way. But if you know a new dad or somebody who's just a, you know, a year or two into it, order them the book, order them the gift box, and just welcome them into fatherhood. It serves as a little rite of passage to uh, just show a man who he is and give an opportunity to connect to his child. You can go to www.adventureoffatherhood.com or if you just want the book, feel free to order it on Amazon because then you could also write a review and help spread the word that fatherhood matters. All right. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Mm -hmm.